Welcome to Rolling with the Punches, the podcast all about mental health and supporting painters and decorators. My name's John Mears and my co-host, the wonderful Sharon Norton Marshall. How are you, Sharon? But boom, yes, here she is again. <laughs> well, I'm feeling wonderful. I'm here. So it's lovely to be with you all again. Lovely to see you, John. Thank you so much. No worries. Excellent to see you. Yeah, things that are so common in us all, particularly nowadays. We've got a big topic this week. Mm. Uh, You brought it up in the Facebook group. And this week we are talking about stress. And yeah, from the immediate response to your post, stress (laughs) seems to be quite. It was quite popular one. Things that uh, trouble people, (laughs) yeah. so yeah, let's uh, let's dive straight in uh, and talk about. Let's talk about first of all the main causes of stress. So I'm going to look at the um, Facebook posts and a couple that jumped out to me straight away. Uh, we're talking about uh, work-life balance, time management, um, trying to do too much, not knowing when to say no, making difficult phone calls, um, working in the business too much rather than working on the business. Now, you as a a painter and decorator, you obviously can relate to to everything there. So uh, let's perhaps talk about um, what what do you think is a the biggest one for you as a decorator running your own business what's the biggest sort of cause of stress the biggest cause of stress i think most people will be able to relate to is that you are one person doing everything mm. you've got to have I mean, we call it sort of hatting um and it's either you've got to have an admin hat an operational hat where you're actually operational in the business on site you're kind of, you've also got to be, um, which a lot of people don't think about this, but what they will naturally do is you're actually a pod project manager as well. So yeah. um, so you've got a project manager. You've also then got to sort of be a business analyst. So you, you have to think, you know, how is my business going? Where do I want it to go? What is it? Am I actually a business? Sometimes people feel guilty. Like I'm actually, I'm just a painter and decorator. I love this one. I'm just a painter and decorator. Mm. And then before you know it, you're actually thinking, actually, shit, I'm not just a painter and decorator. I'm a business. And then you get that kind of stress feeling. It's like, oh, all eyes on me kind of thing. Um, And people are watching. They're like, and and you realise that in your local town, you are a local figure and people are watching what you're doing. And that's quite stressful in itself. So, then that comes down to sort of PR and marketing. Um, and, um, you know, and then you're a finisher. You're a lot, and a lot of times people depend on us for cleaning, you know, things like that that really shouldn't be part of our job. So it, we are we are an operation which has to encompass a lot of different hats. And that is very stressful. Yeah, and I think something that, that compounds that is I know a lot of decorators uh, the vast majority of decorators are men and men have this it's almost like an inbuilt or society sort of pushes it on you that you're a provider uh, and you have to do everything and so you have to push yourself through any stress anything like that you've got to go yes. out there you've got to earn and, and that is 10 times harder when it's your own business and you've only got yourself to rely on because you, you can't you can't have a day off. You can't have a, a day where you're just feeling a bit slack. 
you know, in a. <laughs> in a I'm normal... smiling because you know I've been listening to two decks one yeah. night, and 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 it's like I loved it because I'm I'm listening to them from the beginning, and I'm hearing them saying, "Oh, do you know what? Sometimes we just feel like we just don't want to go in today." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, thank God!" I think, <laughs> Me. Every time they say something like that, that, that I think, oh, you know, it's a little bit like, oh, you know, mm. a gulp moment. I'm thinking, well, actually, yeah, you do have those days where you think shit. But then then you've got that kind of if you are is another whole area of responsibility. You have to be responsible that you've just got to kick your own ass. So there again, that's another hat in itself, isn't it? You've got to be your own motivator. Mm. And Which it's like, is... how do you do that if you're feeling really low? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a real skill to keep yourself motivated. Uh, and not a lot of people will understand because a lot of people in normal employment, I always think most employees think it's like they're given right to have a job. <laughs> and it's it's, it's yeah. not like that at all. Uh, and when you try and generate any income yourself on your own, then you, mm -hmm. you quickly realise that if you're not putting value out there, you don't mm. get anything back. And, you know, my dad um, always used to talk about whenever, you know, he was self-employed and he would, anytime he wasn't working, he was just stressing because he's like, if I'm not doing something, I'm not earning it. You know, it's not like a, yeah. a normal employed job. I, I get that. Yeah, you can, you know, a lot of jobs you can sit, sit spinning on your chair in an office. Whether you're doing something or not, you're still earning. <laughs> what do you mean? That was never me. That was never me, honestly. Yeah. I think I perfected the art of how to how far I could get the chart the chair to slide across the office, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm horrified actually at some of these. You know, I've uh, had a lot of uh, corporate uh, background in a state agency, um, and I've also done a lot of work with um, Starbucks and uh, Costa, which was amazing, actually, for systems and processing, mm. uh, cost analysis, that sort of thing. Um, and it it actually frightens me how much time I look back and, you know, that I wasted being in the kitchen making coffee, uh, how much time I would be, like, standing at someone's desk. And then when I started to get a little bit more, I remember going away from being corporate and then coming back you know i'd had a bit of a time out of decorating and coming back into uh, a corporate setting say a state agency something like that i would be really on it all the time yeah. and i'd say to some of the guys like right come on then uh, what are we going to be going to, we've got these people we've got this house we've got to sell it come on guys let's make this our focus we're going to and they'd be sitting there going my colleague actually said to me and he was my manager and I remember going, right, I've made this list. We used to call it a culling list at the time. So you get a list of applicants, you just print it out on a computer and all these people, your names, addresses and everything. You phone people, say, hey, you're still looking for a property. And he literally, his words were, well, you know, if you want to, darling, it's up to you, really. You know, <laughs> if you really want to. And I just looked at him in absolute horror. And I thought, I mean, he was on a, a huge salary. And you know, we worked for a large corporate estate, you know, international estate agents. And I was like, eh? like, God, have I really been out of it that long? Are they? And everyone was taking it easy. There was wine on the desk every sort of four o'clock on a Friday. <laughs> and I'm like, something wrong somewhere. We've got clients that are expecting us to do something. And I used to go out, you know, you'd think about being the face of a estate agency and like, oh yeah, we're going to do this for you, and we're going to do that for you, and we're going to sell it and I had no confidence in my team 
because I wasn't sure we could back that up. Whereas, of course, now as an as an ex estate agent, as a decorator, I I'm able to say, I can do this for you. I will do this for you because I know that I am my team. <laughs> so, yeah. and anybody that works with me, they have got to do things the way you know within reason, but the way I like it done because I know it works. Or we'll talk about it and adopt a new system. You know, and in that way, we'll work and into the same level so that we can continuously create the same finish or uh, consistency for the client. So I'm horrified at how much time you, you see people wasting in a corporate setting because they haven't worked for themselves. They don't know that time literally is money or input equates outcome. So it's something that, you know, I, as you know, I've I've learned a lot about recently, so I am still in full time employment. Um, but I do my own bits on the side. I've got, you know, consultancy and the books and all the different things like that. And I I went, fit it in. <laughs> well, the, the way I fit it in is because I've learned that when you're doing something for yourself, you only have one speed and that is what you're saying. You're flat yeah. out. You're doing it. You're going <laughs> you know, like I'm like, right. Say I want to make 20 phone calls as a self-employed person. Right, 20 phone calls. I'm going to do that in 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Now, if you ask me to do that at the office, it'll take me four hours. <laughs> um, and why? Why is that? Why would it take you four hours? I just want to give the guy something relatable to, which is very relatable in your role as well as ours. Yeah, I think there's everybody. I find in, in employed work, everybody thinks they're busy, and to an extent. <laughs> Everybody is busy, but it's yeah. um, it's uh, is it called Parkinson's law? I've written a blog about it. I should know this, but Parkinson's law basically says that work expands to the time you allocate to it. So yeah. if you give if you give yourself eight hours a day at the office, guess what? Your work is going to take you eight hours. Yes. But if you people get so comfortable to that, you know, they do their eight hours and they're getting up to five o'clock in the evening and they think, God, I've been flat out all day. <laughs> and if you looked at it from a self-employed mindset, you could probably go, I could have got all that done in two hours, if that. Yes. And now I've sort of, that's something that's really helped me in my career is I'm now taking that mindset to what I'm doing. Yeah. So I can be far more effective than I ever was. Yes. You know, and it's not through laziness or lack of trying. Like I say, you always thought you were busy and, and really you sort of were you just you never knew that there was that next level of you can actually be so much more effective um yeah i i was i was thinking of something that was quite um relatable in that point where uh how much time things take um and and, and i was having this conversation is even for i've got a young guy with me at the moment who's just literally uh seen my stuff on social media and is He'll be very pleased with me. He's very he's very um, taken with my social media presence. He said apparently it stands out head and shoulders above everybody else around here. Good. And, um, and uh, so he's contacted me and said I'm I'm very very new. He's doing some um, training with the Dulux Academy and uh, and I so could he meet with me and have a chat? He said you know I, I, I'm not that I'm going to tread on your toes and this that and the other. And I was like no I'm very happy to support somebody who's coming into the industry. You know. I'm going to be going out a bit soon anyway and I've only got 20 years in me I should imagine so it's not going to worry me and um, so he's been, he was been with me today 
and I and I just kind of said to him, you know, how how long do you think this is going to take you? Like, you know, I'll, I'll give him say, you know, an example, a door frame or whatever. Um, and this is one of the things that I think it comes down to like time management, doesn't it? When you're saying how much you can do within a certain amount of time. Mm. And even when I work with decorators who haven't been, who have been in the industry quite a while, really don't necessarily have a finger on the pulse to know how long things take them. Yeah. And it's really important for things like pricing, um, mm. looking at a job, scheduling, all those things that are potential sort of stress triggers um, that you you kind of need to know. Um, and I've questioned for a long time, actually, and I was really lucky that I did the Decorators Growth Club thing with Paint Tech last year. Mm. And, and, and it did, it was really nice to be in a room full of people that some of them had those questions burning already, but you know, when I met Ian, I was thinking, finally, you know, I'd been working with my son and I'd be saying, I'd stop talking, I'd stop working at some point and go, don't you reckon there could be a system? Like we, we do have systems, don't we? And he'd be like, well, yeah. You know, if I said to you, what do we do on a daily basis? And he'd be like, right, well, we do this on the first day, we do that on the second day. And how can we streamline it? Because my son, I'm very lucky, is very kind of business orientated, is very structured, is very he's got a process, he's very process driven. So we were able to kind of set it down into a bit of a process. But if somebody had said to me, you know, what do you do on a daily basis? Like, what is your process for something? I probably would have just gone, uh, yeah. well, I, I do this. Whereas now I've now concentrated it into what I know is my system, which isn't necessarily systems that maybe other people might have, but there will be a common thread in everything we do. To the point where even that comes down to you can work that into your pricing which makes that even more accurate as well mm. i say i speak to obviously a, a lot of decorators i've got a, a reasonably close friend that's a decorator and uh this time of year most years it gets quite busy and you end up jumping in helping with other decorators or taking another, another local decorator on and yeah. they'll work with you and um both of them work on day rate both have a very similar day rate and I remember him telling me this a little while back, um, it was probably this time last year in fairness, saying that he could not believe how slowly the other decorator was working. Yes. But still charging yes. the same money. And he was like, what am I doing? Am I working too hard? Should I be charging more? And it's, yes. but the other decorator will still think he's flat out. <laughs> and he'll still think he's the fastest decorator in town. <laughs> But it's like you need to realign what is possible. Uh, That's what I was going to say to you about. Um, sorry, I was just going to remember. I was just remember reminded me when you said about before we got cut off about the uh, speed at which people work in where people think they're busy but they're really not. Yeah. When I got to uh, say Costa or Starbucks, when the queue would be out the door, you know, and you would literally be every i don't know what you know because you've done it as well haven't you how, mm. how what the turnover per customer is it's something like you've got to get them through the till within i don't know one minute or something haven't you yeah and get the drink delivered the whole visit has to take less than 20 minutes um it's like and then you go into the corporate world and they're like oh god so busy today you know and it's like you mate you don't know the meaning of being busy yeah. and i think you know perhaps you and i have taken that mindset into what we do and it's why um when we do meet people like that who are very 
laid back about the decorating world it's really quite interesting but yeah well that's where I think your mate just can recognize that you know I can raise my game and charge more mm. you know that's uh, the absolutely thing. I think it leads into so let's say you know look realistically most decorators listening here they're self-employed they are busy they are working quickly um, mm. they are providers for their family and this all leads to one thing, and that is taking on more work than you can do because you never want to say no to anything because there is a stress that the work might run out one day and, and then you're not going to be able to provide and you're not going to have the money. So how yeah. on earth do you find that work-life balance? How, have, how, how do you manage to do it? Well, something I've said to this guy is start as you mean to go on with everything. Mm -hmm. I can remember saying that to myself uh, even at the beginning of this year where I promised myself I would do what some of the bigger local decorators around here are doing is take January out to invest in myself because I had put some money by purposely to you know, get a bit fitter, to do a really lot of sort of lay out my business plan for the year, where I'm going to focus my marketing, this, that and the other. Um, and I still got caught unawares, you know, somebody phoned me and I'm terrible for this because I uh, you know, a friend of a friend phoned me and said, hey, I've just moved. Any chance you can come and, you know, spray out the inside? And I'm like, oh, I've got a chance to get the sprayer out. Yes. Right. Nice empty house. And then somebody, while I was in the middle of doing that, somebody went, oh, you couldn't just come and do this for me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I couldn't fit that in. Yeah, I reckon I could do that. Mm. And then before you know it, you're just like, shit, well, where did that go? And then you just go. And then somebody said to me quite, you know, bluntly, well, where's your focus? And I was like, hands up. I, uh took my eyes off of the ball that I had created for myself and I promised myself the time to set out my time to where I was going to go this year and what I was going to focus on and like doing intentional marketing so that I would have my marketing plan already scheduled out um, so that my posts were a little bit easier and more consistent and I completely obliterated it. So the answer to your question John is I, I'm not very good at it or I wasn't um, <laughs> but as I'm getting a bit more I don't know, I think it's confidence. I think you have to be very, it does come down to discipline. And you know that I, I like to call myself well-read. Um, and I do like Jocko Willink for that. You know, The Dichotomy of Leadership was a very powerful book for me. And when he says discipline equals freedom, um, it means freedom for lots of things. You know, it could be using time effectively to spend in your business or on your business or it could mean time with your family. So the guy that I'm with now, because he's so green around the edges, which is wonderful, he's also ex-services. So he will already have very sort of a very disciplined mindset. Mm. That is easier. So, but you can let it slide, can't you? So somebody on the group today, didn't they? They said learning how to say no. Yeah. That's very powerful, but then you've really got to stick to it. So the also the thing is what you're going to say yes to. So I like to play the yes, no game. Have you heard of that? No. <laughs> it's a life coaching thing. So if if I say, say, let's, for instance, one of our favorites is like, OK, if I say yes to laying in bed 20 minutes longer, I'm saying no to being organized and more effective throughout my day. OK, yeah, that makes sense. So you can actually draw up your own list. Of, I think it you have to be quite uh, 
practiced at it because I, I at first when I started doing that I was getting really confused but if you say uh, yes to staying up late and maybe spending a lot more time on PlayStation you're saying no to being uh, more energetic through the next day yeah so it's it's a very easy one do I want to say yes to sleeping more uh, getting better night's sleep so that I can say no to being really shit the next day and feeling terrible you know you know so then you're saying yes to being more effective the next day because I've said no I'm not going to stay up late you know it's that kind of thing so it, it's about being disciplined through your day and actually being time conscious um I have noticed that if I really think to myself right by by the time it takes me to do this I can do certain things you know and actually divide my time in my day for breaks it has been much easier now that I'm on this fitness diet because I know that I've got to eat every three hours so if I've got so somebody else in the group didn't they said something about calling people back and you know having clients and things not being able to make phone calls and things making difficult phone calls as well yeah. there was a stressful one so yeah like if a job's run over and you've got to call the next customer and say i'm going to be late or whatever it is making those difficult phone calls is yeah. stressful uh, i always refer to there's a uh, i think it's brian tracy his book eat the frog eat that i frog. love brian tracy do you know i haven't listened to brian tracy for many many years he's <laughs> very 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 first self-help person i ever listened to yeah so for those so for those who don't know eat the frog is basically the well, first thing you do your first job of the day should be the one you really don't want to do it should be eating a frog because this is on the premise that if you eat a frog first thing in the morning nothing else in your day can be worse than that so get the shit out of the way first then the rest of the day is much easier if you've got a difficult phone call yeah. to make, it needs to be the first phone call you make otherwise you're going to be stressed and worried about it for the entire day and it's going to ruin all of your day get it mm. done get it over with again takes a, a huge amount of discipline i like that and actually i used that i know you said that to me very early on in our podcast and sometimes i just think oh god i just don't want to do that and i make <laughs> myself do it and uh, so but i use i might say right okay i am going to take a lunch break and i will make those phone calls um and and I, I I'll be honest, you know, I've spoken to a couple of decorators who say whether they be difficult conversations or not, I just don't want to phone them anyway. Yeah. You know, because I think we we are we think of ourselves as decorators, not business people. So you're just thinking, I don't really want to have a business call when I feel like I just want to. I'm happy when I'm I've got a brush in my hand or a gun in my hand. I'm not happy when I've got a phone in my hand talking to somebody about being organized and being a mm. business person so it, it doesn't come naturally to decorators you know we're lucky or certainly I feel very lucky that I've got the business background as well um my dad was absolutely terrible <laughs> he, he and he still is my mum will say oh you know what he's got I, there are so many people I've written down on the pad he's a landscape gardener <laughs> um and and she's got to field off all these calls where these people will phone up going, we haven't heard from Alan, you know, is he going to call us or not? Mm. And then, then, of course, they stop calling. And then he he sits with me sometimes and he's like, I don't know what's happened. You know, the phone's dried up. I'm not getting many calls now. And I'm just thinking, no shit. <laughs> yeah. 
Fred soon gets around. Yeah, that is the one of those things, isn't it, that decorators, as you say, have to wear so many hats and essentially I think most decorators I speak to get into it because they like decorating. They don't really like doing the other side of the business things. And and the other thing that I think doesn't help is there seems to be like a a, a viewpoint that you're only making money if you've got a brush in your hand. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Trying to step back and realise, actually, no, that's not the case anymore because you're not just a painter and decorator. You're, you're, a, you're a business. And yeah. there's a reason why businesses pay their accountants a wage and they pay their marketing team and they, yes. they, they pay all of these sales guys. And it's because those jobs create a lot of value within that business. You can't Definitely. just be a decorator. You have to pay yourself well, to do these other jobs as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for many years, we've, we've trotted along thinking that, you know, before the days of social media and, you know, you now look back and think, well, how come these guys have made it to where they have now? Mm. But um, I think sometimes you, got, you know, they got lucky in that wives were like my mum used to do all the books for my dad and he used to sit there in the office. And my my granddad was also a, a builder, painter, decorator, plasterer. So he, my granny used to be in the office doing all the calls and the bookings and the scheduling and stuff like that and they used to just go out you know and it, it worked really well until my mum wasn't actually then helping in the business and um he had to do it all himself but i think when i when i look at some of the businesses around me um a lot of them are um historically where the wives would help in the business now of course that's changed a lot because women wanted their own thing and they're now going off doing their own separate stuff. You know, they might be, I don't know, as teaching assistants or something at school and they're, you know, doing their own. Some of them are corporate climbers themselves and they're like, I don't want to be you know, associated with a decorating business. Um, so it's it's hard, is it? But we are lucky also is that many of those services have now been outsourced. You know, you, you've got people who are, you know, around here, we've got admin assistants who are self-employed and they will be your virtual assistant. And I've had somebody say to me, you know, oh, yeah, you need to get yourself a VA. But that in itself is quite difficult because if you haven't got systems, if you haven't got your quoting procedure set up and if you haven't got uh, an actual system for everything or standard letters and things or estimating process, you're not able to put that over to the VA to be able to operate it for you. Mm. I think we should talk about systems and stuff like that, particularly for decorators. And mm -hmm. I saw a post the other day a chap uh, uh, who I know um, and has got a decent little business in fairness uh, brought up the question how would you value your business uh, and what do you think your decorating mm -hmm. business is worth and lots of people come out with oh it's you know it's five times your profit and plus your assets and things like that um, my now this isn't a reflection of the guy in question it's not a reflection of his business because I know he's got good systems and stuff in place but the first thing I think when someone says what your business is worth. Uh, if you can't take yourself out of that business and it still runs, your business is worth fuck all. Uh, <laughs> because yeah. without you, it's not working. So if you don't have a system for generating new leads, which isn't just your personal reputation or friends and family and stuff like that, then mm -hmm. you've got no business coming in. If you can't hand a system to another decorator and go, Here's what you need to do to decorate that room. Here's the spec. Yeah. Uh, um, if you can't um, 
if you don't have a system to go to a salesman, here you go, Mr. Salesman, here's how you go and quote for a job. Uh, if you don't have those in place and you couldn't you know, step away from the business and let other people run it, then you don't really have a business. You just have a job. Uh, it's a job that you're very good at. And yes, you sort of mm -hmm. own it. Um, but the stress that comes with not having those systems laid out is every day feels like it's different. It feels like it's a complete mess. Everything's stored in your head. It's not down on paper. Yeah. And I look at a lot of a lot of decorators who they'll refuse to specialize in things. They want to offer every service. I'll do this, I'll do wallpapering, I'll do spraying, I'll do whatever it is. And I look at that and I think, when I first start a new job, I'm stressed up to the eyeballs for the first few weeks because you're trying to learn new stuff all, all the time and you're not really settled and you don't know what's going on. Mm. If you're a decorator and you only do wallpapering every three months, you're almost sort of relearning how to do wallpapering every three months. It's like starting a new job, not really knowing what you're doing. Oh, you, where is all the stuff in the van that's stressing you out because you can't find it? Or you're trying to find that's your a kit on a one. Sunday night. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing the same thing every day, that's why, you know, when you start a new job, let's say our, our corporate jobs, when you start that job, you could be flat out busy and you think, how am I ever going to do all of this in a day? And then two or three mm. weeks later, you can get all that work done in three hours a day because mm. you've worked out your systems, you've got it all you know, nailed down. And when you start doing something repeatedly, you get much more efficient at it. Yeah. I think something that decorators struggle with is they're always doing something different. So you never really get that real efficiency that comes with doing stuff over and over again. Okay, so it comes down to um, some, some core principles of uh, jobs being the same so um so i look i i kind of thought to myself um before i sort of hit last year what can i do to make things more manageable for me um because it was seriously impacting my life so if th things like you were just saying about organizing i think you said about organizing the van or things in the van so yeah um working with my son and also my other josh snowboarder Josh they're both very tidy and very uh, process driven for um, packing things away so um, I had this habit of throwing things in the back of the van at the end of a Friday or you know middle of a Friday when a job is finishing and I'd think oh yeah sod it I'll get to that another time and I'd end up thinking oh, I can't be bothered over the weekend of course on the Monday morning I'd arrive at a new job and everything like the dust sheets and everything would just be <laughs> rubbish bags and I'll be like oh no I forgot so now um God, it was before before I did the mentorship course last year actually so it was you know I don't know 20 yeah 20 yeah 2020 um and I thought right Sunday evening I'm going to go out there as much as I hate it I would go out there sort of mid-afternoon and just pull everything out of the van and like what do I need so um I now know this because I've known a couple of business development managers and I was dating a business analyst as well. And you know, the more you can kind of run it as um, what they call sort of reverse engineer project management. So you're thinking about the end of the job first, right? What do I need? If I think it's going to take a week, for example, I know that on day one, I'm going to need this, this and this. Then day two, theoretically, I'm going to be doing this, this and this. The more you can put into a process, 
which I realized I could write that down really easily because I thought, well, hang on a minute, I've done, I looked back over my jobs and I was like, well, yeah, I did it on that. That's exactly what I did on then. You know, first day you're going to go in and prep, like you're going to, I don't know, go in and sort of do the first level filling on the walls and the woodwork. And then the second day you might be sanding that back. You know, you're looking at drying times and then obviously spraying a slightly different way around. But I realized I could actually work it into a system. And then when I got onto the mentorship group, I was like, I'm really liking this because they were pushing systems. And I thought, I was like, yeehaw, I want to win a hit because I'm already thinking, I do some of this already. So now I'm meeting that with confidence. You know, I now think, you know, I strut in on day one, all I've got is the, the bare minimum. And I've got it in my van in such a way that, right, I've packed it so sort of back to front, if you like, you know, so I've now got at the beginning of my van, I've got the filler box. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll go in with just that and maybe depending on what I'm thinking about doing, I might only take a drop cloth in. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm doing. I'm going to start and I'm going to actually stand on a couple of drop cloths, start filling it. And then I can think about laying the floor a bit later down the line. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So then I'm not going to spend all my, so then while it's dry, all that might be drying, I might then lay the floor like my Q1 board or whatever I'm going to be using or some Corex or, you know, um, depending on what floor I've got, I might, you know, have some sticky back roller. So something like roll and stroll or something like that. So you're using your time effectively, say a drying time to do something else or, you know, thinking ahead about what you're going to need on the job. You're going to be thinking ahead. So whilst I'm on this job I'm on at the moment, I'm already thinking, right, what do I need? for my paint in two weeks time yeah as part of this process are you writing it all down like a like a list a process document are you detailing each step of it because i i find listing out my jobs just on a nice neat piece of paper reduces the stress of the day so quickly yeah so i if i i can't really show you because this is um confidential information i have actually got my little book yeah. which I think this is my little notepad I take everywhere um, for initial notes on my jobs. So so here, say for example, I've got day one, prep and set up. Uh-huh. Day two, walls and ceiling, you know, then I'm going to be looking at that. And this is on a on a good day. And then I've got one on one of those days, I've got wallpaper and finish. Like, you know, so thinking about your clearing up, so I'll be putting the feature wallpaper on, clearing up, tidying up, and, that, and that's finished, that's done. Um, and that was a five day process, that one. So, mm-hmm. and that's, as long as you've got a rough plan, then if something else can, you can meet it with confidence. And then if something will sort of hit you sideways, then you can just kind of think, uh, okay, well, yes, I think I can fit that in. Cause you might get something which does throw you like on the one I've got at the moment. And um, the paint was reacting really badly to the substrate. And you know, we, we had um, some distemper underneath, which only sort of really reared its head once I'd kind of key back the silk on the walls and put the first coat on. Mm. And I was thinking, right, we've got distemper under this. So you can always suspect those things, but that's where I found that the thing that was stressing me out in in my historic sort of working life as a decorator is if I hadn't have got the price right, I'd get incredibly stressed. Because if you know that there's enough money in the job for it to take slightly longer than you think, you don't get stressed. Yeah. 
because the stress comes down to two things which is about your time management is how is your scheduling running both on the job that you're on and the one that you're setting up for the next week and and basically how many how much task you put into the job you're currently on you know did i foresee this task happening so i thought you know of oh, the house is built around 1950 so this could potentially happen thankfully i thought for good job i put in a contingency day for anything that might rear its ugly head and i thought you know what i'm just going to throw some lining paper up on that wall mm. job done yeah and i already had i knew i confidently had more than enough money in the job and the and the client came to me and said oh god i bet you're just like oh do you know isn't it really annoying when you've got this all these extras and i went not a worry. <laughs> and i was as chilled as a cucumber because i thought i know that i've got plenty of money i've already told them it's going to take me around three weeks to do that bit that bit and that bit i can relax yeah. whereas i used to get very stressed because i'd be thinking oh no i've only charged three days for this and i didn't foresee this happening so it's about really like you know when you first go to the estimate um you're taking all your photographs and your notes and this and the other but when you go to actually, that's why we call it an estimate, obviously, when you go to actually do the job, um, I'm doing what I call a scope of works. So I've got a list. Yeah, I have a list and it has on the scope, which the client gets as well. It's the colour of the paint. So that can't be argued because I've already ordered it. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be it starts on this day and we propose that it'll end this day but obviously my terms and conditions it be you know we will tell you if we foresee something happening where it runs over so um, and then it's about trying to keep them in in communication as well so they know what's going to happen if something's happened you know I, I've sprayed too much on the I, I, I thought oh do you know what I'm just gonna I'm gonna spray the walls and I'm gonna really push the paint <laughs> Did I tell you about this one? I did, didn't no. I? <laughs> this, the paint started sliding off the walls because I was an idiot. and I. Tried oh, you did tell me that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I went into the client and I was like, this was only a couple of weeks ago. I was like, right, do you want the good news or the bad news? And they're like, go on, hit us with the bad news. I went, well, the bad news is the paint sliding off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the good news is there is paint on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fine. And I thought, do you know what? Because I was trying to get around this problem, I'd rather there was too much. And I sanded it back the next day and it just it gave me a it gave me a lovely substrate by the time I finished. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, but I think it all comes down to it's not just time management. It's job management. You know what? How many tasks am I going to put into that job? Uh. Because if you've written a list out as much as possible and how long you're going to say, for instance, um, See, I think I don't you probably you have targets as well for your job and it's relatable for me because I would always have targets for my day. Um, I think to myself, right, I want to achieve uh, sanding the walls, sanding the woodwork back on this area by the end of the day. Uh -huh. And then I think, right, is that realistic? If I've got to lunchtime and I think, well, I've only got a third of the way through the job and I sold, I said to myself, I wanted to have the whole area sanded by the end of the day what is it i'm doing wrong am i being too thorough because what you could think about is okay i'm going to spray the prime coat on the woodwork and sand that back do you know what i mean yeah so it's knowing where your process is where you could say well this woodwork is actually quite nice condition so 
I'll sand it back a little less, put the primer on, and then I'll sand that back to a better degree so I get the, the better finish on that coat because I know it's absolutely fine. All I need to do is give it a key. What am I doing? Sanding yeah. the fuck out of it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> blistering it up because it's got oil base underneath. You yeah. know, um, so I think it's about being realistic. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I want to go back to this um, yes, no thing because that struck a call with me. Uh, there's a few things I want to talk about as a stress prevention. Now, mm -hmm. uh, you know about my history with drinking too much and being overweight and being too slim and all these other things and stuff like that. And yo-yo, it's like a yo-yo thing. Yeah, isn't it? this was one of the biggest things that it seems so simple, but we have to say it. So when it comes to any sort of you are mentally and physically for it makes a huge difference yeah. now I used to drink every night and I used to drink because I was stressed uh, yes. uh, I was stressed and I was tired so I'd get home from work I'd go fucking hell what a day bang have a few drinks and then like you said I'm saying yes to the drink uh, and I'm going to stay up late as well drinking but I am therefore saying no to being energized and okay the next day so the next day rolls round, yeah. I'm tired, I'm grumpy, I'm going mm -hmm. to have another day. Any sort of little trigger is going to stress me out twice as much as it might do normally. Mm. And bang, I'm back on the booze again. And and then you're, you're getting home and you're knackered and you're pissed off, you have a drink. Well, if you've had a drink, you're not going go to go. Yeah, you're not going to go to the, you're not going to go for a run. You're not yeah. going to go to the gym. So now you're not exercising. You're eating like shit. You're putting just crap into your body and you're not mm. doing any exercise or anything like that. And then you're wondering why you're stressed and feel awful. Uh, these very basic things. And, you know, I'd stay up late and simple things like I'd always leave, end up leaving late for work. And yeah. it might only be 20 minutes to work driving, but 20 minutes when you've left with half an hour to spare is a nice chilled drive. 20 minutes when you've got 15 minutes to get there, you're stressed out for the entire drive and everybody in front of you that's driving slowly or one mile an hour under the speed limit, you're getting pissed off at them. Then you arrive at work, you're already in a shit mood. Uh, now I'm not one of these people that are like, right, you've got to wake up at four o'clock in the morning, have a smoothie, do three workouts and 14 hours of yoga. <laughs> I think we've got moderation haven't we <laughs> yeah we like to have a healthy lifestyle i mean i'm still on the last i've got i've got to two weeks left of mm. my elite training diet i will still adopt a lot of those eating habits mm. because i've realized that my sort of brain function is better uh you know everything operationally is better i have definitely more energy and i sleep better um but yeah all as these things work they together, really, don't they? Crazily, crazily healthy. I'm not sure because I do love cake and coffee so much. <laughs> it's nice to have a bit of alcohol now and again. But um, just going back to your time thing, I listened. Somebody recommended a book to me. So uh, anybody who's uh, going to take up the kind of audible challenge I like to throw out there is: Have you heard of the book um, Lessons from a Third Grade Dropout? Yes, listened to that the other day. It's awesome. Did you? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think we spoke about it at the time, didn't we? So it's Rick Rigsby about his dad. 
Yeah. And doesn't he, Dave, you got to the bit yet where he says about, you know, he promises to the pastor that he's going to be there an hour early for like the sermon and stuff like that. And yeah, he's going to be public speaking and the, and the pastor is like, oh, thank God, you know, because um, I something I really like to really deep dive into is responsibility. This is all relevant to what you're saying, by the way. So there is a point to this. I'm not just going off on a tangent. <laughs> I know if my mate Dave's listening to this, he's going to be like, oh, my God, here we go again. She's going to start lecturing. There's no point. Just like, sit patiently waiting. Um, but if you the responsibility thing is about let me give you an example. So my family are very, very messy. So my dad will come up, he'll be wake up in the morning, he'll get his Weetabix out, and the Weetabix packet will split it open, the stuff will go shitting everywhere, all over the worktops, all over the floor. He will leave the packet, the mess, the dirty bowl, everything left out, coffee cup and everything, then he'll go to work and my mum will come down and be expected to clear it all up. So that's just a small example of, can I take responsibility for myself? Yep. so that it doesn't impact on other people. So um, I did a quite a lot of work on this as part of the sort of uh, life coaching thing that I um, did. And uh, so the yes, no thing, it's, it's all very relevant in your kind of your own circle of responsibility comes down to even if I'm early, which goes that I love that bit of Rick Rigby's book, which is, you know, um, the third grade dropout lessons is that when he was late to something, it had a knock on effect to other people far extending beyond what you can actually imagine. So I like to think about my father and my mum now living with my son. I think, right, when I get up in the morning, I want to make sure that the kitchen's nice and clean so that when my son gets up and he comes down to the kitchen, it's nice and clean for him. Mm -hmm. So I've taken responsibility. So your client might be needing to, like, if your client doesn't want to give you a key, to the house, um, they might need you to be there on time so that they can then go and log in online for them to start a meeting rather than let you in when you've arrived late when they're yeah. in the middle of their meeting. Little things like that. And my clients just big me up to this new guy starting because like, she's here when she says she's going to be here. If she's not going to be there, she'll text us or she'll phone us. And, and I was like, all right, all right. You know, don't give away all my <laughs> secrets. But, you know, um, she said it's little things like that that will stand you in good stead because um, she was talking to him like he's just starting out and I thought that was really good. So little things like that, but not only is it that it's a gift to yourself because like you, I was always late for work. Like my colleagues, I don't, don't know if anyone of them will be listening to this, but I was terrible. Like I would literally breeze in, throw my bag down. And the first thing I would do was go and make a coffee, <laughs> you yeah. know? And I just thought, God, I bet people are thinking, does she think she owns this place? And they're all there with the head down, headsets on already, like done five calls already. And I didn't have any kind of iota of responsibility to those around me. I was just so self-absorbed in my own self-importance. But actually, when I got a sense of responsibility to myself, like, yeah, getting up at a better time, uh, responsibility to myself, like eating on time, having more energy, you know, I'm saying yes to energy. It's, it's incredibly powerful and I'd really I'd really invite everybody to take up the challenge of where you can get sort of more time management and awareness of time in your life to be able to make time for those things and that's all going to be individual but you have to 
start I think by take to make a list that you think John to actually sort of make a list of like a almost like a timetable of your life that's really helped me <laughs> does that sound very dull uh yeah that is very dull <laughs> <laughs> no but, but I, 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 I work on the premise of the dichotomy of leadership with you know time you know, you know uh discipline equals freedom it was so true because I realized I was doing it I thought I'd test it at the weekend right gym nine o'clock so nine until ten I've got my class uh 10 20 costa obviously then by 11 i'm ready to do my other things so like whatever it is i'm going on to do i so this was working and i was like wow i got to one o'clock and i'm like Phew, what do i do now freedom yeah no i know i exactly what you mean and, and whether you make a list or i tell you one thing that getting up on time is something i always struggle with and i think people I need to know you will struggle with things like this there'll be things you're good at things you're bad at i am good at going and exercising i go to the gym you don't have to ask me twice i don't really have to think about it it's taken a couple of years to build that and get to that point but yes. you know i will now naturally build my life around i finish work go to the gym and i scheduled this podcast call around the gym uh and that's that's just what happens i'm still rubbish at getting out of bed on time and i still arrive at work late sometimes but it's something i'm, I'm constantly working on and i find for me um often i will try and if i'm trying to put something new into my life like i want to read more i'll go right i'm going to set myself a challenge i'm going to try and read for 15 minutes every day this week now i might yeah. do it four or five times but I'll take that as a decent hit rate and then I'll try it again next week and and I'll try again and again and again and some and now you know I've done that for a few years and now I will read probably five or six nights a week that's amazing and it, and it starts with trying to build that little habit in and then you sort of subconsciously you're allocating that time each night yeah that, that you'll read 15 minutes or you'll go onto YouTube and do 15 minutes learning about you know uh, I, I, you know, I'm still doing this now. I'm trying to learn a lot about video editing. So I will do 15 minutes a night. I'll watch a, a YouTube video on video editing just to try and improve, mm. improve that skill. And that's very relatable to decorators. Like, you know, I think a lot of it is about learning a skill. Yeah. You know, if you're not, if you're not learning, if you, if you don't know how to create sort of time management in your life, then you're going to it's a skill you're going to have to learn and like with any new skill like spraying you mm. have to practice it yeah yeah and then you have to implement it it's no good saying i can do that well you have to i got back to the gun today and i felt really cat handed and i said to the guy, <laughs> excuse me i haven't had the gun in my hand for three weeks <laughs> so yeah. it's like, it was a little bit, i was like a little bit weird um so so should we kind of like look at an example of my day for the decorators or is that not going to be helpful for them yeah no do that do that to incorporate a couple of those things yeah it might it might make their hair stand on end a little bit because i do like to get up at 5 30. um <laughs> now the reason i'm doing that don't oh yeah guys don't like those who aren't on site for seven and up at 5 30 that i you know i totally get it but but basically what I do is I, I have a sort of initial morning routine, which you've already heard in the past, which is like, you know, I feed the cats. Um, and now I'll get my food ready for the day. So it's already done. I've got two snacks, you know, and then for you know, my mid morning and then my afternoon and then my, my lunch so that's already done prepared. But what I did this morning is I knew I wanted to send an email and an invoice. 
So, I'm, so by 6.30, I was at my, um, well, I didn't have my desk. I had it on the um, little footrest thing, my, um, my iPad. Um, and I sent an email to a new client saying, you know, a little welcome email saying, this is me. Thank you so much. Very nice to see you the other night. I will now start preparing your, your estimate. Uh -huh. And it gives them a little bit of information about me. Um, and what they can expect and uh, directing them to my Insta page and my Facebook page and my website in the meantime so they can take a look at that and then I sent an invoice off as well which was really cool um, and then by by seven I was thinking right I'll have my breakfast I like to have my breakfast at seven because then I know that I've got I'm eating my snack by ten uh -huh. so it's that kind of thing I have to eat that on the hop um, my snack because obviously I'm in the middle of being on site um, then at lunchtime I make sure I stop at one pretty much and then in that time if I've said to somebody I'm going to call you that's when I'll call it or look at like take your iPad or whatever you've got or if you're doing it on your phone is look at your emails and send your emails or make your phone calls at lunchtime yeah I think that's a really good idea and then a lot of the time like you are I'll, I'll maybe leave work I like to try and leave at say 4 30 or 5 um, today that wasn't possible because of various bits and pieces but um, then I'll, I'll head to the gym for six most mm. of the time like you know I've got a shoulder injury at the moment so I'm not training this week but so I'll be in the gym for six and if I'm not at the gym obviously I'll come home and then you can do your paper maybe some paperwork then I've met some decorators who do their paperwork in the evening mm -hmm. but if you've got kiddies and if you're like putting them to bed or having a family meal which I think is incredibly important then you've got to make time. You might want to say to yourself, okay, between 7.30 and 8.30, three times a week or twice a week, I'm going to do your paperwork. Uh -huh. um, I learned something ages and ages and ages ago when I was employing subcontractors um, about when to do your estimates. So he always said that he does a Tuesday and Thursday evening for his estimates. And he'll go out on a Tuesday and Thursday evening and he'll only, you know, once that time slot's gone, it's gone. Yeah. And he'll only do like one estimate on each of those nights. Now, for me, I quite like one evening. So I might do a Wednesday evening or I might do a Saturday. I wouldn't normally recommend Saturdays because it's family time. Mm. But I still manage to. So that's when I'll do, say, my 11 o'clock slot. You know, I'll pick up my Costa and I, I then have to decide, am I going to the gym in my van? with my whites and a clean t-shirt or am I gonna come home change and I'll go and do it so a bit later maybe sort of 12 o'clock something like that so next this coming Saturday the 21st I'm going to be doing a visit and I said to the lady I'll be there at half to uh, half 11 and I can give you an hour yeah. so and, and I very much they have to have it on my terms you know yeah. she said she said oh Sharon well do you think you could come and I said, well, you know, we've already spoken about the budget. You think I'm going to be outside of your budget and we've already spoken why. Um, are you saying to me? And, uh, and remember, guys, that a no is the beginning of a conversation because she said, oh, you know, you're outside of our budget. And I said, well, is that the beginning of a conversation or the end? Right. And and I've read Chris Vox's No Middle Ground. So I was able to very confidently say that to her. And she was like, oh. Uh, and I said, well, madam, you did tell me that your husband's very picky about the finish he wants so I'm happy to come and see you but you know you told me that it's at the top end of your budget is that something that then could perhaps be more applicable to you then and she's like 
well, yes, you know, I did understand that probably would be the case that, you know, the finish is going to be, you know, more than what we, you know, perhaps are expecting from other people that we've seen. Mm. And I was like, oh, great, well, I'll come and see you then. Yeah. I think this this whole thing, you're having your plan of the day like that is so important. And whether you write it down with that much discipline or whether you have it laid out in any other way, the key for me is you're in control of your day. You're always ahead of your day. You're never chasing the day. And that's yeah. that's what always fucks me up is if I get up late and I get to work late, I'm chasing the day and I'm just always behind. And feel on the back foot, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Running ahead of you because the times I know it sounds boring, but what I love about that is if somebody don't did call me and say, "Hey, look, you know, I know you're working in Dunstable at the moment. I'm just down the road from you. Is there a chance you can pop your head around the door and just give me an idea?" I'll be like, "Actually, do you know what I can?" because mm. I've lined my day up in such a way that I know that I've got between that time and that time I can feasibly pop round within half an hour um, in between coats drying and then mm. I'm able to then say to them well I can do it but I've got to do it between 1.30 and 2. Yeah. And it's take your pick then. And again do it on your own terms like you say and that yeah. also gives you, puts you in a much better position in a and, sales and term. I learned, yeah I don't know how, whether you've had this but I've when you get to a point where a lot of the boys have, uh, I learned in the state agency about solicitors, and no offence to any solicitors out there, um, but they, I learned in the state agency that solicitors needed us more than we needed them. <laughs> yeah. And, and you've got to remember that the client, but the potential client needs you more than you need them in a lot of cases. Now, obviously, you've got to take that take that very carefully, because when you get a full diary, that's when you can say to yourself, I don't always have to say yes. Yeah. So COVID has been fantastic for our business in some ways, because if I get a phone call now and they say, oh, you know, I want my kitchen sprayed or I want this. Can you come and see me? I'll phone them up and I'll have a chat. And I think phoning up, I don't know if you agree, is very important because you can build a relationship right from the get-go mm -hmm. whereas if you text them back and go yes yeah, send me some pictures there's no relationship there it's quite hard so if you're if you're feeling confident and i find that by doing it more often i get more confident is that i will phone them up and say hey you know thank you so much for getting in contact and then i will talk them through it. i'll say i would really love to see your kitchen um but uh what you know i'm finding that what i what I can do is that because I'm quite busy at the moment, we can get get the ball rolling um, and I can give them a ballpark figure then. Mm. So they send me a couple of pictures. I might send me a video and I can just give them a call back. And based on the price that I can sort of see in my head, but the amount of doors and how many, you know, what it's going to have in it, I can say, right, I'll call them back. And I say, right, it's going to be about this much. Does that sit OK with you? And they, if they immediately go, oh, God, you know, well, that's going to be at least a thousand pounds more than I was thinking. I've not even gone anywhere. Yeah, and that is, I don't know why more decorators don't do that. Um, I don't think they know. I don't think that's really occurred to them because mm. when I first started, I was, and that was one of the posts as well, isn't it, saying no. I, I think that you're so keen, particularly if you haven't got many bookings in your diary, Yeah. you end up with this sort of scarcity mindset. 
So you just kind of think I've got to run and chase everything. Mm. Whereas what, what I started to look at, I was thinking, and I came back and I'd say to my son, I didn't get that one. And he's like, oh, that's really disappointing. And, and so, there are some of those I really, really wanted. Uh, and I think you can try too hard. Whereas now it's, it's really quite comical, really, because I go in now with a very blase, professional, yeah. slightly blase attitude, because I just think, right, well, I'm the expert here. You need me. So, you know, I'm not going to chase after it. Um, and they, and I find I do find I get a very good level of work. And I'm booking ahead, you know, a couple of months ahead. I don't like to be booked too far ahead because, again, COVID has been a bit of a strange one for that. You know, you could end up or like the little one next week is is going to be um, little girls got going to hospital. So we're going to be postponing that. So, you know, it's, it's quite good to have some spaces in your diary to move things around and bring things forward should you need to. I think that's quite useful mm. if you're working on your own or if, you, if this, this is two of you. No, I absolutely agree. People take on too much and don't say no and book too far in advance and that's the other thing when you when you're booked up six months in advance if one job runs over that's a knock yeah. knock-on effect that asks that it will it snowball. and that really yeah, snowballs and snowballs and then you're real bang in trouble um listen let's uh, and then if you're taking deposits for something like I, I, one of my local decorators around here said i'm booked up till november and i'm like Unless you've got a deposit and they're yeah. definitely, definitely going to go ahead in that time. Like, I think scheduling becomes very difficult if you've mm. booked up till November. And will they actually stay with you? Yeah, that's exa <laughs> exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's wrap up with a couple of coping strategies, just simple things that people can do when they are hit with stress. Um, yeah, I, I there's start... so much more to say, isn't there? I it? know, I know. I think we need to do about three more. <laughs> yeah, I think we do, because I'm, I'm very conscious that, you know, uh, we haven't really sort of tapped into what it is speci specific to what decorators can do. But hopefully that gives an overview of some of the things where they can start bringing things. It's really about bringing it under control. Mm. The more you have scheduled in sort of as far as a daily timetable and actually put things into little compartmentalized boxes which men are very good at compartmentalizing their life actually far more than women um if you can compartmentalize it it'll become more manageable and that, that in itself is a coping strategy yeah what's the first thing you do if you you come home you've had a real stressful day what's what's your go-to to try and get yourself into i have a headspace? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a long bath but then I'm lucky I live with my son and he's like right okay you know I'm gonna be online and I make us both a cup of tea and then I'll go and have a bath and then you know he I might say to him well, please can you like prepare the chicken and then so if you can get your partner on side if you've got a partner I think it's really nice to, and I think something else came up in one of the groups where you know my wife doesn't understand I'd like to be able to speak to her about it but she doesn't understand because women are great ones for being me 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 it's all about me they do not want to listen to a man saying I've had a hard day mm. whereas my upbringing is that you make him a cup of tea you know you get him the slippers or whatever it is you know this is I'm going back up but you know to make your man feel comfortable happy cherished and loved whereas um that's not really the sort of the way things are now so I do think it's important again to have a bit of a routine when you come in and if your thing is to have a shower and then you know get changed I do think it's really important you know like we were saying about making your bed in the morning mm. closing the chapter I think to have a routine when you get home is again whether you be like some some people I know 
they come in take a shower and then they get the dog and they go out for a walk mm. i know a couple of decorators that do that you need that reset don't you and, and going for a walk is mm -hmm. one of those that i think i'll i'll talk about it on every episode because it's it's so simple and it's so underrated it's good for your physical health um, 15 yeah. minutes is all, all it takes but i will go for i will it's, again it's one of those things that i will try and set myself the challenge of do a 15 minute walk every day and i'll probably oh, do that's it great so when do you do times. that usually after the gym i'll either go straight after the gym so that i'm yeah. already sweaty and don't have to get changed yeah or like tonight i'll have dinner and because it's still quite light I'll, i will then just go out but literally 10 15 minutes is all it takes sometimes i'll just go in silence sometimes i'll listen to an audio book yeah whatever but just yeah 10 15 minutes is all it takes and you just come back with a completely different mindset and i found during uh when i was when we were in covid and i was working from home and just felt very isolated mm. walk, walking 15 minutes down to the local coffee shop and back was yes was an amazing reset that's what my mate does and he's in birmingham near a starbucks and he'll get the dog mm. go to starbucks pick up his ice whatever it is and circle the field and go back home again yeah. to reset but he's now he's also now taken up jujitsu um which is very important as well i think or you know like we've said before to have some some sort of activity yeah. um try i i do want to do a bit of work on this i have said i'll contribute to the group about trying to get your partner on side mm. um to to try and uh, ask them to deeply understand that that you need time out you know because as soon as you get in sometimes the girls will be on at you for something um and i and i can go into this on another another time but just to sort of say you know hey look i really need some space to separate my evening time to be with you from my day Mm. I have, I do feel uh, very tense because I'm stressed and I'd like to just take 15 minutes to walk around the block just to sort of like reconnect with my thoughts mm. that I have a chance to do. So and I think if a, per if a person can't compassionately give that time to you, then obviously there's another conversation that needs to take place there. But I do think it's very important that is what you're looking for is to connect back with yourself. So you know, we want connection to others, but we also need to have time by ourselves to reconnect and ground ourselves. So that's, you know, like a yoga practice almost where they call it grounding. You know, you're grounding, sort of you know, becoming yourself again from being at work. Uh, I know exactly what I mean, because, you know, you have, a, you have a stressful day, you come back, you're pissed off, you walk in, the last thing you need, <laughs> is for her indoors to amplify yeah. it by being in a mood or getting straight on your back about something. Yeah, uh, sorry for years with my mum. And it's a, it's a very well. simple conversation just to have and just, you know, and try and get that breathing space. It's, as you said, let me have a 15 minute walk around the block. Let me have my shower and get changed first. Then we can deal with whatever's happened. But yeah, yeah you need to have that conversation because it just makes everything 10 times worse if you walk in and it's straight into right this needs happening that's got to be done blah blah blah, blah and you're like oh yes. i just need to i just need to decompress but uh as you say that's uh that's a big topic for another, another I, you podcast. know i do need to bring that non-violent communication into as soon as possible into the groups because it's so powerful 
and my son and I practice it a lot and it is very very powerful for getting your needs met but you know it is quite a big subject and it's something that is very hard to get your head around so you and I maybe have to do like a role play where we can demonstrate <laughs> out to people so that they can see it in action yeah. there's something I did recently which I was very I was feeling very stressed about something and I had a session yesterday with my mate Anna she's um if you guys want to look at it can I do a little shout out for her She's brighterlife.uk. So it's literally brighterlife.uk. And she is um, she's a sort of alternative therapist as far as she does the emotional freedom technique, which is EFT, which is tapping. Have you heard of that? Nope. It's like pressure points is for it heals emotion and distress uh, by stimulating energy points in the body. It's very powerful. So she will listen. To, so she'll spend she'll do a session with you. Uh, where she'll listen to you online. So I was literally parked up in the van in a quiet space and we, mm. we talked about through what my pressure, my, 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 my troubles were. And actually I felt very betrayed by a friend. Um, so it's quite something quite simple, but it was really triggering, triggering for me. It made me feel very stressed and anxious. I couldn't work out why I was getting a lot of anxiety, you know, um, like we spoke about pain last time. And uh, she took me through it for last time for something else. And we did it again yesterday. And I just feel as chilled as anything today because of that the anxiety has gone, the stress of that thing has gone because we spoke about the problem. We said, right, let's do some tapping around that stimulation that you've got. And we spoke about the problem afterwards and she said, how do you feel now? And I'm like, do you know what? I don't have any anxiety mm -hmm. about it at all. It's really, really powerful. So I definitely recommend that to anybody who's feeling stressed and um yeah distressed about something at the moment so i think that i would definitely recommend that as a coping strategy for stress definitely fantastic uh i will say the other one that i didn't mention that always helps stop looking at social media all the time yes <laughs> yes 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 I try that's and, yeah. kind of like around mindfulness you know being do you know what i hear your words come back to me as well john sometimes i'm like going to cook going to go to go to sleep yeah and I set my alarm on my mobile and I'm like, oh, well, now I'm just like, oh, I've Should got quite a few up. alerts there on Facebook. <laughs> what's that all about? Yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm so reacted to your post. I'm like, oh, what's that then? <laughs> no. Oh, dear. <laughs> I, think, um, I, then I think of it as sort of a accountability to you that I think, well, if John can do it, I can do it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Listen, let's, uh, I think we need to continue this talk um, and there's lots more topics as always that have come up, but Sharon Norton Marshall, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Great to be here again. Hope you're all going to be able to make use of those things. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you everybody for listening. I'll see you soon. Cheers guys. Thank you.